And welcome to Combat Sports Breakdown. Let's get it. All right, so I'm here with my co-host, Alex, this time. Cole, you know, almost made it. Almost had all three of us this week, but don't quite got us. So what's up, Alex? Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you, brother. How everybody doing? All right, man. So uh, let's get into this UFC 261 card. So we're only going to go over the actual pay-per-view, the main the main card. Um, the prelims we'll cover in another episode. Just want to stick to the main card this episode. Hopefully you guys like the new audio quality. Got a new setup going. Got it all dialed in officially. Uh, I want to say appreciate you, Kezo, for, for everything. Thanks for helping out. Alex, what you what do you think about the first fight? We had uh, Alex Smith going again. Jimmy Crute. That's who it was. Oh, it was yeah. Alex Lionheart Smith versus Jimmy Crute, who I honestly expected Jimmy Crute to come out a lot better. He was a, t- a 12 and 1 prospect coming into this and I still have high hopes for the kid in the UFC, but this fight really didn't go well for him. Alex Smith went to the early attack on the leg and he ended up hitting that same nerve that Sean O'Malley got clipped with in that uh, uh Cheeto Vera fight. And the doctor asked him to walk on it in between rounds and saw him stumbling around and called the fight. So, yeah, I don't know that I've honestly seen one of those. Have you ever seen a fight stop like that? Never, bro. It was like um, literally the exact nerve. So, Sean O'Malley, you said it takes like a million people and then one person gets hit. Uh, Your theory got fucked. (laughs) Yeah, I think it just takes a real direct shot. And uh, Lionheart Smith is just a really, really well-seasoned veteran. He was ready to come back. He's been real eager to get back in the win column. This is two in a row now. So, Isn't he the one that got uh, knocked out by uh, Tejera or whatever? Glover? Glover Tejera. Yeah, he did. He actually, I don't know if it was a knockout or a doctor stoppage or what it was, but Homeboy's teeth got knocked out in that fight. And it was actually funny because... Uh, uh glover to share had him in the in the up against the cage and he's like hey man i just wanted to say sorry it's part of the job and and lion hurts all oh man it is what it is while he's getting pounded off yeah bro it was hilarious hey but the dude came back after getting defeated like that mentally physically emotionally his house got broken into to come back and even though the win wasn't how he would have wanted it it's still good for him yeah, and not only that, but Jimmy Crute's still pretty young in his career, so this was just clearly a, a, a checkers versus chess game. Uh, I think Lionheart needs uh, that top-tier opponent, but I also think he needed to get back in the win column with with a couple wins in a row, and this is a good way for him to go. And, you know, I really hope Jimmy Crute starts getting on track and gets a couple better-matched opponents because this clearly was a bad matchup. Yeah. I mean, he said himself, he's like, where is this going to take me that I haven't been before already? Like, not even disrespectfully. Matter of fact, respectfully saying it. It was just hilarious, though. He had homeboy doing the stanky leg. It was crazy. Yeah, what's really messed up, though, is uh, if you go back and look on our Instagram, at Combat Sports Breakdown, you'll notice that uh, we got the post-fight interview posted in. Lionheart doesn't really discredit Jimmy Crew, but he kind of just talks about how experience is what, what made him the better fighter in this fight. Nothing to take away from Jimmy Crew, but experience was king in that one. So that, that was the first fight on the pay-per-view. And that's literally... Literally what he was preaching when he was if you're his opponent of course you're gonna take it disrespectful you know towards you he's talking about you but he was just saying like dude i got way too much experience so there you go wisdom wins all right so in the second fight you have a really really unfortunate event you have uriah hall versus chris weidman and i was super super pumped for this fight so let's talk about the lead up 
This fight is a rematch that's 11 years old. This is a fight that happened on the New York amateur scene. And at the same time, you have in the lead up to this fight during the, this camp, Chris Weidman's father-in-law was hit and killed by someone that trains at his gym. And it was a total accident. You can go back and look at the cameras, which they did. And it was just a, ser a series of unfortunate events. But his father-in-law was killed by someone who trains at his gym. And that's just sad, man. To go through a loss like that. Holy crap i did not know that bro that that's that's the type of stuff you can't make up man wow and then here we go let's just get right into it 17 seconds in chris weidman throws the first leg kick of the fight it gets checked and pause pause before we talk about what happened at that check let's reverse about i don't know maybe seven years when chris weidman checked anderson silva's leg and anderson silva's leg snapped okay play we're back in present time. Chris Weidman, 17 seconds into the Uriah Hall fight, throws a kick. Uriah Hall checks it. Chris Weidman goes to step back on the leg oh. that he threw, and it was already broke. It was disgusting. Man. It was sad. It was unfortunate. And Uriah Hall, being the gentleman, he said, you know, I owe him this match. He gave me a rematch that's 11 years old. And no matter what my rank is, when he's healthy and if he wants it, it's his rematch. So awesome to be said, but Jesus effing Christ. That was disgusting. It's on our page. Like I said, at Combat Sports Breakdown. Alex, what's your take on that? Mm, oh, man. I could go for days about this one. It's just me. It's just crazy because Weidman was just talking about how he, he'll throw John, Johnny Bones Jones around like a rag doll. I, I really low-key believed him, man. And this happened to him. I'm like, damn. I wanted to see the white man, John Jones. Either one one of them was going to get shut out no matter what. You know what I mean? That's a knockout. Ain't nobody walking out of there with a decision. But... It sucks, man. It's like, um, and how, what about Anderson Silva, bro? You see his reply instantly? I actually didn't see what he said. What did he say? Bro, he was like off the bat. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, don't quote me. I don't know word for word, but he was just saying like, I feel your pain. I was there. Be strong. Be brave. God's with you in his own words and just fight through that battle. Yeah, I mean, that's all you really can say. But I mean, the All-American Chris Weidman, man, we've been watching him for a long time. And anyone who knew the scene around when the lead up to Chris Weidman versus Anderson Silva happened, it was this big buildup. And everybody who was behind the scenes was saying Chris Weidman was going to run right through this guy. Everybody, all the fighters that are backstage, everybody. And then all the people on the outside, all the fans, all the amateurs, everybody who who didn't know what was going on for real was th thinking, oh, Anderson Silva is going to win this. And what happened? Chris Weidman ran straight through Anderson Silva, a 13-time, 14-time title defense. Till this day, I still remember. To me, Anderson Silva made UFC. Anderson Silva is honestly one of my favorite fighters, and that's why I posted on it on IGTV. And, of course, you know, that's got to be goddamn everybody in our generation's favorite fucking UFC fighter, you know? But just just how the irony in this whole thing, bro, like, how crazy is it that your career, your career launched extremely off the charts after that happened because you got some legit fights and you, you defended the title. And now, like, I don't want to say it, that it's ending it, but it's just like a big pause in your career. And then here's another trippy thing to consider. Uriah Hall's last fight, Anderson Silva. Whoa. So Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman oh, were his back-to-back -back fights. And so he knocks out Anderson Silva. 
and then turns around and this happens to Chris Weidman. So talk about an ironic situation. God works in mysterious ways, I tell you. So uh, in the lead up to the podcast today, I was actually going back and looking to see what was going on with Weidman. This morning he went through a successful surgery. His wife posted the Weidman family strong. So, you know, they thank Dana White for actually helping out and making sure his surgery was taken care of. We've actually been hearing about the UFC's old insurance company giving a lot of people a headache. So glad to see Dana White stepping in and making sure that's not a thing. Dana White needs to step out and pay these men, John Jones and Nganu, man. Come on. Yeah. Did you actually see what Jake Paul said about that? <laughs> Bro, he had me die. I can't stand that dude, but he be spitting some truth in in his nonsense. Yeah, so basically, if you didn't see it, Jake Paul called Dana White out and said, hey, man, you basically talked all this shit and then ended up not betting the million dollars like you said you would. You let Ben Askren train, use your facility, hooked him up with Freddie Roach. You still refused to pay up on the bet. And then at the end of the day, you won't pay your fighters either. He said... His quote was, pay each man $10 million plus pay-per-view, which I don't think that's all that crazy. For that fight, hell no. He's We're back to full capacity. You could definitely, definitely get that fight done, and you could pay those men that price. Very easily, if you ask me. Dana White's got to be a fucking billionaire by now with all these fucking crazy fights, especially after this card, bro. Man, I didn't even see the prelims, but I heard that shit was crazy. Yeah, we're going to end up going over the prelims in the our next episode just so we could fully cover it. Like I said, we got a bunch of stuff going on. We got everything set up for this episode so we could get another quick short one out. But like I said, we're going to cover everything in the next one. But just to speak on Dana White, man, how about how big that motherfucker is, dude? Lay off the juice just a little bit. Maybe you'd be able to pay your guys if you didn't inject it all into your fucking chest, shoulders, and ass. I cannot believe how big he looked. He looked like a white Incredible Hulk, dog. That's hilarious. Bro, that's fucking hilarious. I was thinking the same shit. Is that your third cycle? <laughs> what is it? It had to be his 54th, dog. That shit is ridiculous. He oh literally looked God. like he was He was the whole gap between the two tables at the post-fight press conference. The whole gap. If you look, it, it, uh, there used to be a gap between Dana White and each table. Now he's the whole gap. It is ridiculous. Dude, lay off a cycle, please. Oh, man, we're watching the uh, Padre game versus uh, Dodgers right now. We're, we're so San Diego Padre fans, so, you know, we're real hype on this one. So if we pause or get caught off guard or celebrate on air, uh, so be it. Yeah, I will not apologize for that at all. Yeah, go, go Padres. <laughs> so anyways, on to the three title fights. The first of three was Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. And let me just say, Valentina came into this one with a chip on her shoulder, man. She literally ran through this girl. And I did not think that was going to happen. Honestly, before they sized up and faced off, I was thinking Jessica was the bigger woman. Like, wider, maybe. But Valentina just was huge compared to this chick. And Jessica really hasn't been outmanned and she or outsized. And she's been in 135. She used to be a heavy hitter at 135. And then let me just give you this stat. She went seven for seven on her takedowns. She did not go miss a single takedown attempt. Holy shit. That's ankle, right? Yeah. That's the <clears throat> first woman to ever go Succeed. seven for seven in a fight that long. Wow. Yeah. Super impressive. 
And if you did not see the finish, we have the highlights. We have all the highlights on our page, actually. Like I said, at Combat Sports Breakdown. Talk about a scientist with gloves on, homie. She fucking went in and just destroyed her with her science of the game. Secret agent. She's a literal Russian spy, bro. I swear. Seven languages, trained with guns. I don't even know what to say about her that isn't true. You could literally make up a lie, and it's probably true. Like, honest to God. What can't this woman do, man? You, she looks like a nightmare when she's ready to go. But when she's not and she's dolled up, man. Absolutely beautiful, bro. It's insane. And then she has a beautiful sister who's a model and a fighter. So it's it's just insane. These Shevchenko girls are absolutely outrageous. Shoot it in the comments. Shevchenko or Joanna? I'm going with Joanna. Oh, I don't know about that one. I think I might have to go with Valentina. That's actually a good debate. Hit us up in our comments and let us know which one you think is more violent and more dolled up. So you got to do both. You can't do one. And if you got another female you want to nominate, let us know. And so let's talk about this highlight. So um, you have a quick takedown. I believe it was round two. And she she body locked her, took her down, and then just kind of locked her up in a crucifix, a top crucifix. She had one arm trapped with her arms and her shoulder. And then she had the other one trapped with her legs and like a, a, a leg triangle on her arm. And she was just punching her, punching her, punching her, hammer fist. And then she started the elbows. And when she saw a little cut, she went ham on those elbows, man. That's what you call literally a human shark on land. Like she don't need water. She, she saw blood. She smelt it. She went at it. It's just crazy. I've never seen this Brazilian chick so outdueled in every fucking thing like she was to me she looked lost like she couldn't fucking believe it she's like what the fuck i gave it my all this training camp and she's still just doing she's having her way with me like crazy yeah so she ended up getting a, a round two finish i believe it was uh we'll have to go back and double check on the rounds we'll do a fact check next episode just kind of make sure we we kind of close up all our ends on that but that was a fantastic fight i'm a huge shevchenko fan i wanted her to win um we didn't really make picks this uh for this fight we had a whole bunch of stuff going on like i said so we didn't really make picks for 261 this was a fantastic card though i don't if you didn't see it we have the whole pay-per-view on our page pretty much and if you need any more hit me up i got the full fights recorded so uh, back to the pay-per-view, the second, uh, title fight and the second to last fight, co-main event, you have Weili Zhang versus Rose Namajunas, and whew, man, oh man, was this crazy. T-H-U-G. Thug Rose, man, and little P.S., uh, the, at the after fight, her husband, Pat Berry, who's also one of her corner man, great little convo between the two, posted that as well, but... Thug Rose ended up tripping her up, getting her guessing, and had her thinking she was going to throw a leg kick and then came straight up, clipped her on the chin, and followed up. Weili Zhang popped up shortly after she woke up, and then she was so mad at Keith Peterson, man, but, you know, she tried to pull a Dominic Cruz for about a minute, saw the replay, and then accepted it, went and congratulated Rose. And this was very a la uh, Rose versus Joanna. Round one, early stoppage. And she just dominated, man. She came in there and was the superior fighter for sure. It was very impressive. 
I was very happy to see her be just as emotional as the first time she won. So it, it means just as much this time around. I do sincerely hope she takes the trip to China just for her own sake. I think it would benefit her because I don't think anybody who's over in China really chooses to live the communist lifestyle the way that Americans think they do. You know, their government's the oldest government on the planet, and you kind of have to just go with where you're born, man. You can't really fight the wave that much. If you don't like it, try and find a way out. That's all you can really do, and clearly she don't hate it. Yeah, man, like, it is what it is. You're from somewhere, and you, you got to love and respect where you're from, bro. It's your roots, you know what I mean? Never forget your roots. But also, you got to know the history of what happened between Lithuania and China to judge Rose on what she said, and I personally do not know that, so... I cannot pass judgment. Obviously, there's some type of cultural tension there. And they were actually pretty uh, genuine and polite to each other considering that fact. So let's all remember that. And and they fought each other. One person got knocked out and they're still able to congratulate each other and hug each other at the end of it. So, yeah, that's that's a big, big plus in this sport. You got to you got to know how to take an L. You know I mean, you can't be no poor sport in any sport, especially of fighting. All right, so let's get on to that uh, post fight. There was a cool little part where uh, Rose ran over to her corner and her husband said, you know you're the best. And she said, who's the best? And he said, you know you're the fucking best. And it was awesome. Just to see their relationship be able to come out on screen like that was awesome because she was like genuinely guessing it. And then he said it and she was like, that's right. I'm the fucking best. Like it was so sick. I love Rose's personality. And uh, just a little side note, if you've ever uh, considered what Elon Musk would look like with a female's body or a female face, um, they somebody did a face swap with him and Rose, and he looks just like Rose with long hair. So oh, it's hilarious. Shit. Yeah. So we'll have to try and find that on uh, Instagram and post that for you guys because it was hilarious. So... Um, just to go on, we're gonna roll on to the last main, the, the last fight, the main event, uh, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Man, guys, you, you guys know I'm a big Masvidal fan. You guys, I'm sure you've heard me throughout every episode talking about this guy. Listen to him morning. He, he's seriously over here, about to cry again. <laughs> Legit, man. I've been binge drinking since last night. I can't stop. I ain't cried yet, man. But goddamn. He literally made me stop to get him a six-pack on the way, so. Those are just facts. But, yeah, you know, like, God, I'm going to let you take over, Matt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could clearly see how heartbroken my partner is. I, I just remember me and Cole were sitting here watching the fights together last night, and we looked at each other, and we gave each other knuckles like six, seven times before this fight started. We were so hyped. We were sitting here like, man, if this goes five rounds, I'll be fine with it because this card was lit. And if it goes, you know, one round, we'll be fine with it because the card was so lit. Like, it was just an awesome feeling. We were so hyped on 261. And then let me just say, leading into round two, I had round one scored for Masvidal. Definitely. I definitely scored round one from Masvidal. They were very similar in the output. They were very similar in their uh, their demeanor going into the corner. And then I don't know if Usman just figured him out going into round two or somebody said something in his corner. I'm sure when DC does a detail on this episode, we'll get a lot more info from a fighter's perspective. But let me just say, man... He stepped in and gave him a jab from fucking hell, bro. Shout out to DC, though, man. That, that's that's the man's man's right there, man. 
I like what he did to Jake Paul. Yeah, put that boy on check. We'll, we'll roll into that right after we finish this. But then, you know, let's talk about that right hand from Hill. So he hits him, and Masvidal literally was as out cold as Ben Askren was from the knee. And Usman's momentum just took him into him. He shouldered him, booted him to the floor, and then followed up with the Conor McGregor hammer fist, man. And it was, and you know, let me just quote Masvidal, who was quoted by Usman in the post fight. It was super necessary. <laughs> the ref did not pull him off. He did not stop the fight. And he was, in fact, looking at him to finish. For those of you that said, why do it? Yeah, man. Um, If Usman wouldn't have did that, I would have looked at him soft. You have to do him how he does people. You know, it's the only way. And at the end of the day, Usman knocked his ass out twice, bro. If you really pay close attention to it. Yeah, he knocked him out, shouldered him to the ground. One of the hits kind of woke him up, and then he hammered him two more times and put him right back out. But if you look at it, it was that uh, it had that Deontay Wilder effect where he hit him so hard, the sweat just ghosted off of him, man. And it was sad to see because, like I said, we're big Masvidal fans over here, but we also don't hate on Usman. So... This guy's going to go down as, like I said last episode, in the top two, maybe three, if not the best welterweight of all time. And that's saying something because that's GSP's weight class. I mean, we'll see how it ends up playing out. But if he ends up with this run as like it ends up looking like, then he's going to be a beast and he's going to go down as the best. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. You can't you can't even argue the fact the dude has been so dominant ever since he took the belt. He was dominant on the run to get the belt. And now since he's had it, he's not thinking of letting go at all anytime soon. It's obvious that he really means everything he fucking says. I will never doubt this dude again. I never did to begin with. I'm just that big of a Masvidal fan. But um yeah, it's a it was a heartbreaking it was a heartbreaking loss for for me at least for sure. And um you know what? I think even Ben Askren showed some class. You know, he could have roasted Masvidal, but he's like, you know what? Dude's been fighting for so long, you're bound to get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, I believe Ben Askren's quote was, if you fight for long enough, it happens to everyone. So there's that. Um, exactly happened. I'm sure we'll be able to find out if it was footwork, if it was just poor, poor movement on Masvidal's part, but... I'll let DC do the detail, and we'll come back to you guys after we watch that detail and really get a full fighter's analysis on it. Um, another thing I want to talk about is DC going up to Jake Paul during the event. You know, the crowd started chanting, fuck Jake Paul at one point when he walked into the building, which, you know, that's funny, it's cool, it's whatever, but all you same people that chanted that probably bought his Triller event, too. So let's all calm down with that shit. <laughs> You know, you don't all have, yeah, you don't all have to be on Dana White's coattails like that. You know, hop off the jock. It's cool. You know, it is what it is. I watched the Triller event. Did I like the whole thing? No, but I watched the whole thing. So it is what it is. It's just, it's hard to sit here and hate on the kid when he's making two million every other week. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like all bullshit aside, the dude is fucking annoying and shit. Like it's literally like that fucking fly that just won't stop bugging you on a hot summer day. That's what he reminds me of. But the dude knows what the fuck he's doing. He's a he's a mastermind and making this money. It's obvious, you know. He uses the weapons that everybody is given at every fucking moment, and he uses them to his advantage. And that's why that's that. Oh, see, there they go again trying to hit that these. He ain't cheating, man. He's just good. But anyway, 
the dude is just annoying and um i'm wishing for some real ufc boxer fighter to fight him and you know for those of you that think that mike perry's the dude that's gonna be the guy that does it let me just say they already sparred and mike perry in his own words said you fucked me up so but i also saw the other the actual video where Mike Perry is just hogging him, and Mike Perry is the one that put it out, and he was the one saying that, that bro, I was just trying to be nice to the dude and hype him up, you know? He seemed cool, but he wants to post this video and talk about I'm trash. It's like, bro, I was going soft on you. You don't want to see me on a real fight. I mean, he could say that, but if they were filming, I'm sure he, he actually put in a lot of effort. You know, if he knew one camera was out, then it guaranteed Mike Perry put in real effort. And that's no diss on Mike Perry. I'm a huge Mike Perry fan. Um, another thing that I need to address is the fact that DC is 42 years old and chasing after a, what, 28-year-old? Let it go, dude. I appreciate you standing up for MMA, but let one of these young guns do it. Go make Izzy go talk shit to that boy. They're the same weight class, you know? I don't know why you out there trying to talk all that trash. And that's the dude that's going to knock his lights out and shut him the fuck up. It's Israel Adesanya, one of the best kickboxers. Of all time. One of the best fighters of all time. Yeah, he got out-wrestled, but this ain't a fucking wrestling match. This is a boxing match, which he's a fantastic boxer. Talk about breaking the fucking bank with that fight. Every fucking body would be in tune into that shit. And just like the analogy you just used where he's the hot fly on a, the fly on a hot summer day, you still pay hella attention to that fly. That's all you pay attention to. That's the fucked up part that you cannot pay attention to that motherfucker. <laughs> so, you know, I actually I had to do some some quote unquote work for the podcast and go listen to their stupid ass podcast. The Paul brothers have one. And, you know, he talked a bunch of shit. His dad was on there and, you know, he, he was part of the whole gimmick at this point. If my kid was making me, you know, a couple million and then my other kid was making me a couple million. I'd be a part of whatever they got going on. So okay. no shout out to his dad, but no problems with his dad either, you know? Yeah, man. Like I said, at the end of the day, you can't hate you can't hate the game the players running, bro. You know what I mean? These dudes got together, they're like, let's make this money. Whatever the fuck we gotta do, we're gonna do it. And that's that, you know. It's just I just have I just have my way of doing things and I, I can't be no weirdo sellout like that, you know what I mean? Well, there's also the part where, you know, we all still pay for the pay-per-view, you know, <laughs> like it is what it is. Like if you guys don't like Jake Paul, don't pay for his event, you know, just come to our page and we'll show you the highlight the next day. If you don't like it that much, you yeah, know, real shit, you hit us up our combat sports breakdown. Yep. So there's that that we needed to talk about but there's also this uh this huge thing that i'm trying to get to uh what was it oh the fans were back did you notice the fans were back because it was on, hard bro. not to it was insane like i literally it, it it took me back to before covid bro i was just like normal felt weird it honestly was like somebody hit play on life again like shit was on <laughs> pause for like a year and somebody was just like oh hit play like oh there it is there's the volume I like how Dana White said, yeah, the fans can wear masks or they can't. I don't care. It's their choice. Like, I actually like how he said it, though. He was like, honestly, man, the people that want to wear masks, wear masks. And the people that don't wear masks, don't wear masks. Just don't give each other shit because that's when it starts to become an issue. If you don't want people in your bubble, don't let them in your bubble. Six feet still a thing. 
Whether you're wearing masks or not, give each other six feet. It's not that crazy. And it's not rude to say, hey, partner, you mind giving me six feet? I don't think that's a rude thing these days. So, you know, let's all remember where we're at, what's going on, and let's not forget Dana White was actually right about a few things. Yeah, man, that's another fucking genius for you, man. Dana White, shout out to you, man, because without your big old genius brain of yours, none of this, sh- none of these dope-ass fights we would be able to be part of. So big shout-out to that for sure. So uh, the other thing we need to talk about is what they were talking about in the post-fight press conference, and that's just the fact that Weili Zhang should get the rematch with Thug Rose. Um, that's one big thing. Uh, Colby Covington's next for Kamaru Usman. That's for sure. I ended up posting a clip of an altercation that happened in one of the hotels in Vegas where Colby Covington was kind of talking to Kamaru and Ali Delaziz, which is uh, the manager for Kamaru Usman and, and several other fighters. He actually took a swing at Colby Covington. And Colby Covington, his response was to dodge the punch and tell him, dude, you're not even a fighter. Like, it was so funny. And classic Colby Covington sounded like a seventh grader just yelling at a teacher. (laughs) Epic, bro. It was fucking epic, to say the least. The dude, (laughs) I, to me, I swear to God, man, these men need to take notes from these women in the UFC. I want to give a special shout out to all these women that don't say shit and go to work with the gloves, man. They don't fucking pussy around talking nonsense. And you know you're going to get in trouble. Y'all get in the scrap if it's not in the ring. You know what I mean? Those those hands of yours are considered deadly weapons. You know what I mean? You're a fucking professional fighter. So... Unless you're Masvidal and you're ready to crack a motherfucker once they step in your face, don't do it. All right, man. So that's going to do it for our UFC 261 episode. We're going to go ahead and do our shout outs this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and shout out Calcos Printing. They still be getting it done every time I hit them up. They come through with something. Uh, anyone else needs a print, hit them up. They got an Instagram, Calcos Printing. You can hit, him up, hit us up on our page. We can directly shoot you a link. We're going to post a link from our page to theirs. So we'll go ahead and take care of that this week. Uh, let us know what you think about the new audio quality. If there's anything else we can do to improve, let us know. Alex, hit us with shout outs. Yeah, like you said, don't forget Cow Coast. And also, I want to give a shout out to my boy Matt's cousin. She 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 really helped him out a lot. And uh us in general man she's a sweet sweet woman and um god bless her soul man all right guys that's it for us this week combat sports breakdown we out gone